You turn the time circuits on. This readout tells you where you're going. This one tells you where you are. This one tells you where you were. You input your destination time on this keypad. Say you want to see the signing of the Declaration of Independence. Or witness the birth of Christ. Here's a red letter date in the history of science. November 5th, 1955. November 5th, 1955. Why, I don't get what happened. <laughs> that was the day I invented time travel. I remember it vividly. I was standing on the edge of my toilet, hanging a clock. The porcelain was wet. I slipped, hit my head on the edge of the sink. And when I came to, I had a revelation, a vision, a picture in my head, a picture of this. This is what makes time travel possible, the flux capacitor. Capacitor. It's taken me almost 30 years of my entire family fortune to realize the vision of that day. My God, has it been that long? Last night, Darth Vader came down from Planet Vulcan and told me that if I didn't take Lorraine out, that he'd melt my brain. Pool Sceners, in our first episode of 2024, you asked for it in the form of your votes. We are covering the movie that emerged as the winner of our Listener's Choice Bracket. They're going to say the winner of our Elizabeth Choice Bracket. Elizabeth Smart Bracket. <laughs> from our Pool Sceners group on Facebook, this is the Pool Scene Podcast. I am Kevin. Operating the flux capacitor across from me is Jim. Hey. Now. We are also joined by, how many times is it now? The Black Napkin. <laughs> you have wiped your mouth with me at least three times. No, at no least okay. Three. All Let's right. break this down. Beverly Hills Cop 3. Yeah. TJ was on that. Trading. Did we do trading places? Yep. Did trading places. TJ jumped in on the definitive 90s draft. This would be TJ's fourth. All right. Mm. Fourth appearance in 2024, baby. We're happy to have him. It's always uh, good spending quality time. I'm with TJ. Thinking of great business ideas. Uh, yeah, we have a business idea and we need your guys' money to invest. Yes. Um, we're going back to 1985 so that we can get Back to the Future. We'll get into the process momentarily, but Back to the Future was written and directed by Robert Zemeckis. We discussed Zemeckis when we covered Forrest Gump, but he's had a pretty baller career directing. Used Cars, Romancing the Stone, all three Back to the Futures, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Death Becomes Her, Contact, Castaway. He's fallen off a bit in the past decade in my opinion but who am i fuck me right yeah really come on zemeckis and his writing partner bob gale came up as part of what was called the usc mafia where in the early 70s they were at usc with george lucas john milius randall kleiser and john carpenter zemeckis and gale turned down a lucrative seven-year contract writing for television because one they didn't have families or mortgages or responsibilities and at heart they wanted to make movies i'm out of breath i don't it's the opposite of wing throw we had wings before we did this everybody you know before we got wing throat now we got wing breath and it was like a two-hour wait <laughs> yeah so it was a huge wait we're Back recording house. very late for us so they partnered with steven spielberg 
pre-Jaws, who produced their first movie, I Want to Hold Your Hand, which flopped badly. They then wrote the World War II comedy 1941 for Spielberg, which it was an embarrassment. Yep. They made Used Cars, which was a darling critically, but no one went to the theater to see it. Which is a shame because that's a fucking great movie. So Zemeckis and Gale were desperate for a hit. Their Hollywood careers hinged on it. Gale was home in St. Louis visiting his family in 1980 and he flipped through his father's yearbook. He started to wonder if he would have been friends with his dad in high school and an idea was born. Gale and Zemeckis pitched the concept to Columbia where the head of the studio loved cars so much, used cars so much, not cars, not Lightning McQueen. No. He loved used cars so much that he told them he would buy whatever they came up with next. However, by the time the idea became a script, Columbia didn't like it anymore. They got rejected over 40 times. Everyone wanted R-rated comedies like Animal House, Porky's, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, and Revenge of the Nerds, which we covered all of those except for Animal House. Yep. They took it to Disney, and Disney said, you can't make a movie like this here. This is Disney, and you're giving us a movie about incest. The one person who believed in Back to the Future from the beginning was Spielberg. Now off the incredible success of E.T., Spielberg set Back to the Future up at his new production company, Amblin. The script was pretty tight from the beginning, but one of the big changes is that Doc Brown was what was supposed to have what was described as a time chamber. So originally it was like a a room-sized device, and then they were like, wait, for plot reasons, how are we going to get this this machine around? So then it was changed to, do you know? The refrigerator. A refrigerator, but they rethought that because they didn't want kids getting stuck in refrigerators. And they would have. They're idiots. Yeah, they thought kids would try and uh, reenact the movie. You ever see the storyboards of that? It's fascinating because it's a fucking refrigerator in the middle of the desert with a nuclear bomb going off in order to go back to the future. Yeah, pretty wild. Zemeckis came up with the idea of the DeLorean as a sight gag. The car also had an outlaw status because John DeLorean was recently busted for cocaine. Yeah, he's like Tony Montana. Ford tried to intervene and get Doc Brown to drive a Mustang. Gail told them, quote, Doc Brown doesn't drive a fucking Mustang. (laughs) Did you see what early 80s Mustangs look like? Fucking hideous. Yes. Garbage. That is actually featured on t-shirts that you can buy at DeLorean car shows still to this day. We normally don't discuss casting this early, but famously this movie began filming in 1984 with Eric Stoltz as Marty McFly. And after a month of filming, all involved agreed it just wasn't working. We were given a mandate that we had to make the movie by a certain date. And uh, if we didn't make the movie by a certain date, they would cancel the movie. So being a a young and a uh, hungry filmmaker and maybe uh, having a bit of an inflated ego, I thought, well, I can make this work. So, you know, as you do when you're making a movie, you finally make a decision. And that first decision was to go with Eric Stoltz. We shot for five weeks with Eric. He was totally professional, but there was just something missing. He's a magnificent actor, but his comedy sensibilities were very different than what I had written with Bob, and he and I just never were able to make that work. And he showed me the first five weeks of footage cut together, and he just said, I don't think we're getting the laughs that I was hoping we, we, we would get. And, and I looked at Bob, and I realized that he was absolutely correct, and I said, Bob, what do you want to do? So I had to make this horrific decision, which was very heartbreaking for everybody. But luckily, um, I was able to um, convince the studio to let me reshoot five weeks of work. 
Stoltz was a good actor in the wrong role and not the goofball energy they wanted. Michael J. Fox was their first choice, but his schedule on the sitcom Family Ties interfered. The show's producer wouldn't cooperate or allow Michael J. Fox to take the gig, but they told him, they told the studio, they would do whatever it took to accommodate. So when Fox came on board in January of 1985, filming was 34 days behind schedule and about $4 million in the hole. They paid Stoltz his full salary to fuck off. Yeah, they ate it. And he still says till this day, I don't even remember being part of that movie. You ever watch some of those scenes? Because they're out there. They're on behind the yeah. scenes of Stoltz's Marty McFly. It doesn't work. No, they're he, very dry. They're dry. He looks entirely different. Yeah, and no one liked Stoltz because he's a character actor. So he only, he did the Daniel Day-Lewis thing where he was like, you have to call me Marty. I'll only respond to Marty. Way too much. Yeah, way too much for this movie. So did you start the film with Eric Stoltz or did that? Was oh, that I a- shot with Eric Stoltz for six or seven weeks. You I mean, did? We, oh, yeah. We shot for, we shot almost the whole movie. I mean, we were pretty much done. We were at the point where you're looking at each other like, so you got anything lined up after this? Any uh, TV shows <laughs> or whatever? And then, and then things were difficult on the set. Eric was, it was, uh, it was not easy. Uh, he was doing the, a very methody thing. You know, everybody call me Marty. Okay. Except Leah, who's playing my mom, who I'm trying to make out with, right. you know, off camera. Uh, <laughs> okay. Method, uh, method, yeah. method, 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 uh, method, hot chick, no method. Michael J. Fox went back and forth between Family Ties and Back to the Future. It pushed production back even further. When he was on set, he was falling asleep. I mean, like... He was pulling 18-hour days, in, man. In, insane that he did that. So, filming concluded at the end of April 1985. When the movie was being promoted, Fox wasn't a part of it because he was filming Family Ties Vacation in London. That Family Ties contract was, like, ironclad. Oh. Oh, that was no exception. If this movie gets in the way, the movie ends. And I'm not that familiar with Family Ties. I loved it growing up. A little bit before me. So somebody on the show, were they pregnant or like were off the show? And so they were asking Michael J. Fox's character, Alex P. Keaton, to like take on a bigger role as part of the show. Yeah. There seemed to be a real negative attitude overall towards time travel movies at the time. The head of Universal Pictures said a movie with future in the title would never work. He said it should be changed to Spaceman from Pluto. (laughs) Basically, Spielberg shamed him by sending him a memo saying, nice joke, everyone got a kick out of it. He was so embarrassed and ashamed to admit that he was serious that he let them keep the title Back to the Future. So bullying works. Uh, I would say so because this movie would have been DOA. Yes. With Spaceman from Ma- Pluto. Uh, Spaceman from Pluto, specifically. Oh. Nothing to do with Pluto. Now, if it was Spaceman from Mars, I'd be more on board. Huey Lewis, not from Mars, was asked to write the song for the film, but the two Bobs hated the first song he brought to them. They gave him better direction, and we ended up with The Power of Love. Oh, such a great song. When they needed one more song, he wrote Back in Time after seeing a rough cut of the movie, which we see towards the end when Marty wakes up. Yeah, when he comes back to 1985. 
This is speculation on my part, but Huey's song, In the Nick of Time, was known to be written for Back to the Future, but it actually ended up being used in Brewster's Millions. That's right. I forgot about that. I'm guessing that that was the rejected song. So I'm guessing he wrote In the Nick of Time for them, and they were like, no, not what we're looking for. So he came back with Power of Love, and then he lucked out because he ends up using that movie for Brewster's Millions. Struck gold. Brewster's Millions, very underrated. Oh, great movie. Such a fucking excellent. And the premise is great, too. And we'll have to do a pool check one day on how we'd spend our millions. That's right. Uh, This movie was released just nine and a half weeks after filming wrapped. Real quick. Which, how insane is that? Jim, did audiences finally go to the theater to see a Zemeckis and Gale movie? Please give us budget, box office, news, and number ones at time of release. My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious shit. From WUAB, Channel 43, where the news comes first. This is the 10 o'clock news. Back to the Future came out July the 3rd, 1985 to a $19 million budget and made $389 million at the box office. Rotten Tomatoes has a 93% rating based on 110 reviews, and it has an 87 on Metacritic. Now, before I start jumping into the news real quick, personal story. I'm so happy that this won the Battle Time Tournament. Kevin and I were looking at it when we set up the brackets and how everything fell out. It's like Back to the Future is probably going to win. This came down to Goodfellas and Back to the Future. Talk about two polar opposite movies. And we ended up getting this. Personal story, though. Thinking about this, this movie came out when I was three going on four. This was probably the first movie soundtrack that I ever connected to. Every time I hear Alan Silvestri's, you know, when you start getting into the theme of this movie, it gives me goosebumps every time. I can remember when my mom bought me a remote-controlled DeLorean. And I we brought this up in the Goonies episode, where Mikey and the gang are coming down the hill on their bikes. Cindy yeah. Lauper playing in the background. There's something about that scene alone that gives me goosebumps. When Marty is heading into Hill Valley Center and, you know, he's revving up the DeLorean and you hear that... Just talking about it like right now, I got fucking goosebumps because it puts me it's sitting in front of a Magnavox when my mom went to rent this at first row video. So speaking of which, yeah. I'm going to step on your toes a bit. In the U.S., Back to the Future was released on VHS. Yeah. At $79.95 per tape. Fasten your seatbelts. You're going on a trip. We're sending you back to the future. The future is here on video cassette from MCA. Take home the movie that blew America away and drove audiences wild. The hottest thing to come to the screen. Steven Spielberg presents a Robert Zemeckis film. Back to the Future, now on video and in stores everywhere. It sold 450,000 units at 80 bucks. Quick math will tell you that's $36 million additional. $80. That one that I'm looking at to my left, Kevin's right, TJ Deadahead, that was $80. Yeah. And people sold it like gangbusters. But this is the one movie, one of the few movies that we covered that I really have a personal connection to. And it sparked my love for Huey Lewis in the news. I brought it up. Hey, you don't have to go to a video rental store and just rent movies. You can buy them too. Here is what was the number 
number one to two and the three at National Video. Swing by National Video and see what you've been missing. You're guaranteed a better buy at National Video. Number one, the Jane Fonda workout. Because at this Whoa. time, Jane Fonda occupied like number one, number four, she number seven. She doesn't have a motor in the back of her Honda. Because that Anaconda don't want none, TJ, unless... She got buns, huh? That's right. Black Napkin himself. Thank you. I love you for backing us up on that. Number two, Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. And finally, Kevin, this is near and dear to our hearts. The We Are the World Ooh. video event. I'm surprised we don't see that out in the wild more. I've never. Do you I've, have that? I don't think I do. I, I mean, you I, might have a copy of that. I have the here. small, like 12 inch album. I have the LP, but I've never seen the as called video event VHS. I would love to have that. And, you know, since this is a time travel movie, I figure let's do on this day what happened in history on July the 3rd. Seventeen sixty-seven. Norway's oldest newspaper, still in print to this day. Now, I'm sorry for us Norwegian fans out there. Adressiavesian is founded in seventeen sixty-seven. Also in eighteen sixty-three. The momentous historical Battle of Gettysburg, where us, Union, ended up beating the shit out of the Confederacy and then leading to the end of those assholes. In 1886 <laughs> in Germany, Carl Benz drives his first automobile. What do you think he drove? On air. TJ? Uh, DeLorean? No, Carl Benz drove the first ever Mercedes Benz. Don't believe it. I don't believe it either. It doesn't get the credit though, because is it technically still a Mercedes Benz or just a Mercedes? People just call it a Merc or a Mercedes or. People call it a Merc? A Merc. Yeah. I've never heard anybody call it a Merc. They call them Mercs. A Merkin. Yeah, Merkin. Well, yeah, I mean, if you drive a Merc with a Merkin, I think you're, it's double jeopardy. I only wear my Merkin when I drive my my Merc. Merc. My Merc Benz. Well, speaking of Merkins, in 1929, Dunlop Latex Development Laboratories make foam rubber for the first time and then we know what happened after that it ended up on our penises and not foam rubber not foam that still works (laughs) foam rubber put foam rubber on there you can put a sandwich bag you can make it work whatever it can be done it can be done in 1931 german boxer max schmeling beats american young stribbling what a name (laughs) young stribbling young stribbling by tko album Dude, guy is. They sold it to me on the Shell station on Albert Street. Young Stribbling with Shymark and Fetty Wap. Unbelievable. Beat him by TKO in 15 rounds in Cleveland in his first heavyweight title defense. What's big about this? It was the first major fight broadcast live on national radio. Now, Kevin, on to the news at 1985. Coca Cola announces it will resume selling its old formula Coke. Yeah, no Coke in this movie. A lot of Pepsi. But we'll keep that new Coke on the shelves, but, and hopefully it'll sell. But originally, the flux capacitor was supposed to run on Coca-Cola. Really? Yeah. They kind of messed up Coca-Cola. Yeah, let's Coke do. was making a lot of mistakes at this time. Yeah, so was plutonium. But we said, hey, why not? Let's use something that eventually will just kill a lot of people. But we also see Pepsi free in this mm. movie. <laughs> Regular and diet. 
Do you ever remember drinking Pepsi Never. free? It Never. has one calorie. Did you ever drink Pepsi free? No, I just know it has one calorie. I can remember the red can, but I mean, you could probably get it at far more at a discount for all we know. We talked about we talked about her on our way to go getting wings. Playboy and also Penthouse publishes nude pictures of Madonna. Oh, okay. We don't want uh, Madonna now. Back then, we very still interesting. Do. Actually, I would we like still. to. I'd like to see it. Just what alien Madonna? Yeah, for like the science purposes. For of science. It. <laughs> She would be perfect for you Battlefield Earth. And too. You're like, I would like to see them naked, not yeah. in a sexy way, but just for like the like scientific reasons. She would look like fucking Turl. I now. See, yeah, I see. I don't know. Sometimes you just walk by somebody and you're like, they got a really strange body, and I'd like to see it. Her yeah. episode of Botched is great. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Live Aid, the concert held both at Wembley Stadium in London and JFK in Philadelphia, raises over seventy million for African famine relief. How about that, Bob Geldof? <laughs> and finally, Crystal. McAuliffe is chosen as the first school teacher to fly aboard the space shuttle, which was Challenger. Yeah. Every time we cover a movie in 85 or 86, you cannot avoid it. And Space Camp capitalized off of her death. As you guys learned when we covered Space Camp last season. And on to sports, George, welcome to 2024. Good evening, everybody. I'm George Michael. Welcome to the Sports Machine. And this one sports story I figure is relevant because we just had a merger of the USFL and the XFL. Now it's the UFL. And in the final last original USFL game, the Baltimore Stars defeat the Oakland Invaders 28 to 24. Good game. The Baltimore Stars won multiple USFL championships along with the New Jersey Generals. But don't forget my favorite USFL team, the Tampa Bay Bandits, known for bandit ball, owned by the one, the only Burt Reynolds. Incredible. The number one movie in America, that once again, an anomaly. One week in one week only. Pale Rider oh. was your number one movie in America at the time. TJ, did you ever or have you ever seen Pale Rider? Oh, absolutely. That's the one with the uh, the pale rider, right? The one with the pale, the guy that played powder. Oh, oh the no. <laughs> powder guy. He was he was very pale. He was also in Da Vinci Code, right? He was in Da Vinci Code, and I think he was also in uh, the Hudsucker Proxy. Mm-hmm. And Deep Throat, which is an interesting CV. Yeah, he's weird filmography. Yeah, very weird. It's a Wes Anderson movie. And the number one song in America, one of my personal favorite songs of all time. I wonder will this song, where it will end up on my definitive 80s music list coming soon. I will tell you that right now. But Phil Collins, No Jacket Required, Sue Studio. If I ever have a dog, that's going to be its name. Susudio? That's incredible. Susudio. Well, I can't can't name a child that. What kind of dog do you? Sure you could. Name a kid anything you want. Yeah, I mean. Black napkin. Yeah. (laughs) Name a kid whatever. Blanket. Yeah. Black napkin. Yeah. Blanket, black napkin. No, um, I was like golden retriever probably. I could see me being. No, too little. I want Uh, want a big dog. There's going to be no Shih Tzu slander on here. Oh, I know. Well, I know Bernie. I know. We we love Um, Shih Tzus. And ladies and gentlemen, that was all that's going on. Pool sceners, this is your episode. Let's have some fun. Here in 2024. Mom, is that you? You're there now. Just relax. You've been asleep for almost nine hours now. Had a horrible nightmare. Dreamed that I went back in time. 
was terrible. Well, safe and sound now, back in good old 1955. 1955? All right, for a long time, Back to the Future was banned in China because time travel disrespects history. I thought you were going to say they disrespected communism. Well, <laughs> history disrespects communism. Yeah. All right, let's fire up the flux capacitor and put some trash in the plot. Hey, time circuit's on, flux capacitor, fluxing, engine running, right. And that's what the Mr. Fusion that's that we in, see at the end. At the very end of this, when there wasn't going to be a sequel. Right. Yeah, we'll get into that yeah. momentarily. It's 1985. Marty McFly is a cool teenager, I think, in the <laughs> fictional Los Angeles. <laughs> Question sub- mark. Question mark. Hey, Jennifer is quite attractive. In the fictional Los Angeles suburb, Hill Valley, California. They don't dwell on it, but he has kind of a majorly dysfunctional home life. His dad is a wimp who gets bullied by his boss, Biff. And uh, where's my reports? Uh, uh, well, I haven't finished those up yet, but you know, I I figured since they were due to hello, <laughs> hello, anybody home? Oh. Huh? Think, McFly. Right. Think. I gotta have time yeah. to get them retyped. Yeah. Uh, do you realize what would happen if I handed my reports in your handwriting? I'll get fired. You wouldn't want that to happen, would you? Would you? Of course not, Biff. No, I wouldn't want that to happen. His mom is, what, a depressed alcoholic? Oh, big time. His older siblings are failures. So when Marty's band fails in an audition, he tells his girlfriend Jennifer that he fears he's in jeopardy of following in the family footsteps. Kevin, they're just too darn loud. They are too loud. Does that song exist outside of the movie universe? Well, because the, they play Power of Love. They play the Power of Love. Huey Lewis is the judge. Oh, I didn't even notice yeah, that. Yeah, when he said, I'm sorry, kids, you're just too darn loud. How did I not catch that? You never knew that? No. No, that was wow, Huey Lewis. Today. Yep. Uh, that same night, Marty goes to the Twin Pines Mall to meet his air quotes friend, Emmett Doc Brown. Very weird. Weird like, relationship. If, if we analyze this real quickly, how does Marty just stumble upon Doc and they become friends? I think this movie might be a time loop where Marty's done this before. Whoever wonder if they're watching your every move? Cell phones, internet, surveillance. Think about it. Whoa, we so got deep. Meeting him in the past is why they're friends now. That makes perfect but sense. But Marty, this Marty doesn't know that. Okay. Like he went to Burger King and like, what's this fucking garage doing back here? Yeah, I don't know. So Doc shows Marty that he has built a time machine out of a modified DeLorean. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, Doc, you disintegrated Einstein. Calm down, Marty, I didn't disintegrate anything. The molecular structure of both Einstein and the car are completely intact. Where the hell are they? The appropriate question is, when the hell are they? You see, Einstein has just become the world's first time traveler. I sent him into the future. One minute into the future, to be exact. And precisely 
121 a.m. in zero seconds. We shall catch up with him at the time machine. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Doc. Uh, are you telling me that you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? The way I see it, if you're going to build a time machine into a car, why not do it with some style? The time machine is powered by plutonium that I guess he has stolen from Libyan terrorists. He's swindled them. The terrorists then show up because they don't like being swindled. Well, they, shoddy pinball machine parts. And they shoot Doc Brown. Marty drives off in the DeLorean, but accidentally time travels when he reaches 88 miles per hour. Why did they have to pick 88? I think that there's a racist conspiracy. What? SS, 88 brown shirts. Wow. Why'd they pick 88? Emmett Brown. Emmett Brown, yeah. Always remember, if you tell the truth, you don't have to have a good memory. You want to know a little DeLorean trivia here for you guys. So the DeLorean, the real life one, can't get to 88 miles an hour. So really? the speedometer you see in that car was made just for that car. So it could get to 88. The top speed of a DeLorean, 85 miles per hour. DeLorean really leaned in on uh, on this movie after because yeah. it helped them. Oh, yeah. But they sold flux capacitor kits, which didn't do anything. No. But they were just for show. So Still, like, though. Every DeLorean after this movie. But the weirdest thing is seeing a plain DeLorean with nothing on yeah. it. Don't look right. Well, they sold the kits, too. Yeah. But, uh, all right, Marty arrives in 1955 and wants immediately to return to 1985, but he has no plutonium. Marty runs into his father as a teenager and learns Biff was bullying him even back then. Marty, with nothing else to do, follows his dad, George, around. He sees that his dad, George, a little bit of a peeping Tom. Yeah, you pervert. He's spying on the teenage version of his mom, Lorraine. When George falls out of a tree in front of an oncoming car, Marty jumps in front of him. Lorraine's family brings him in, shows him hospitality, which is essentially his grandparents. That's his grandparents and his mom. Real quickly, every time that you've watched Back to the Future and Marty's head smacks the pavement, is that real? That's the sound of it. Just like, oh, oh you know what does that for me is uh, what's the movie Reverend Slappy? Oh, fucking Reverend. Sla that's my Xbox yeah. Live name. That's fucking lean on me. Lean on me in the opening when they're playing Welcome to the Jungle. Yeah. And there's like an opening fight scene and there's a dude like hitting another dude on the marble floor yeah, of the slamming school. Slamming it. Oh, that one bothers yeah. me. Oh. Lorraine's family brings him in, shows him hospitality. But Lorraine is real horny for him, a la the incest. Uh, he's Calvin Klein. Yeah. So... George, this is how they met. Yeah. So George actually met Lorraine and they had the first kiss at the dance, which we'll talk about later, because George was spying on her, fell, fell in front of the, the family vehicle. But since Marty pushed George out of the way, he has now jeopardized his own future. So real quickly, pool sceners that you voted for this movie. I put up a poll on the pool sceners group on Facebook. Join today, everybody. And overwhelmingly, did Marty think about doing basically his mom? He's going to sexually assault her before the day He's going to sexually assault his own mother. Okay, let's go over the plan again. 8.55, where are you going to be? I'm going to be at the dance. Right, and where am I going to be? You're going to be in the car with her. Right, okay, so right around 9 o'clock, she's going to get very angry with me. Why is she going to get angry with you? Well, because, George, nice girls get angry when uh, guys take advantage of them. Oh, you mean you're going to go touch her on her... No, no, George, look, it's just an act, right? Okay, so, 9 o'clock, you're strolling through the parking lot. You see us uh, struggling in the car. You walk up. 
You open the door and you say... You're lying, George. Oh, uh... Hey, you. Get your damn hands off her. You really think I ought to swear? Yes, definitely. God damn it, George. Swear. So TJ, before you put two and two together, do you think Marty would have, or do you think Lorraine, 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 Lorraine would have? Yeah. 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 Until yeah. she kisses him and says, it's like kissing my brother, yeah. which is even hotter. I think Marty would have done it. I, yeah. When, yeah. when she takes off her, whatever jacket or whatever at the, at the dance and she's smoking and drinking and stuff, he's kind of like looking her up and down real good. Well, Marty, why are you so nervous? Lorraine, have you ever... Uh, been in a situation where you knew you had to act a certain way, but when you got there, you didn't know if you could go through with it. Oh, you mean like how you're supposed to act on a first date? Oh, uh, sort of. Well, I, th I think I know exactly what you mean. You, you do? You know what I do in those situations? What? I don't worry. This is all wrong. I, I don't know what it is, but when I kiss you, it's like I'm kissing my brother. In 1955, were those like, I mean, it's a high school dance. For no like, chance. There's no way her no. bosoms are out. No. They're not going to allow that. No, they had to wear like poodle sweaters. Or yeah, something. a lot of bosom. Marty tracks down younger Doc Brown and convinces him of what has happened. Doc says the only thing powerful enough to send Marty back is a bolt of lightning. Marty, I'm sorry, but the only power source capable of generating 1.21 gigawatts of electricity is a bolt of lightning. What did you say? A bolt of lightning. Unfortunately, you never know when or where it's ever going to strike. We do now. This is it. This is the answer. It says here that a bolt of lightning is going to strike the clock tower precisely 10.04 p.m. next Saturday night. If we could somehow harness this lightning, channel it into the flux capacitor, it just might work. Next Saturday night, we're sending you back to the future. Good thing Marty knows exactly when lightning's going to strike because he is a flyer from the future about saving the courthouse and what happened to the courthouse that was struck yeah. by lightning. Also, Marty is carrying a photograph of him and his siblings from which his siblings have began to fade away. Look at this photograph! Exactly. Nickelback fans all around. Uh, Doc <laughs> realizes Marty's actions in the past are affecting the future. Seems to make enough sense, right? Yeah. When Marty interfered with George about to get hit by a car, again, Lorraine was supposed to meet George and not Marty and now Marty may have cost himself his own existence. The more Marty tries to get George and Lorraine together, the more infatuated Lorraine becomes with Marty. Lorraine asks Marty to the school dance. He sets a plan in motion where he's going to, we'll say, be an asshole to her so that George can interv 
scene and be the hero. However, at the dance, Biff's gang locks Marty in the trunk of a car. George arrives expecting to confront Marty, but instead he finds Biff. George is able to knock Biff out with one punch. Marty, now freed, performs with the band at the dance while George and Lorraine share their first kiss. With the photograph restored, Marty heads to the courthouse to meet Doc. In order to save Doc in the future, Marty changes the time to arrive 10 minutes sooner than he left. Lightning strikes, Marty gets sent back to 1985, but the DeLorean breaks and Marty has to go to the mall. What, on foot? He ran to the mall. He arrives to see Doc shot and killed. Screwing up future events? The space-time continuum? Well, I figured. What the hell? However, he sits up and reveals, Doc, that is, sits up and reveals he was wearing a bulletproof vest. Marty had written him a letter in 1955, and Doc took his advice. What the hell? Doc takes Marty home. Marty wakes up next morning to find out his dad is now a successful science fiction author. His mom is happy. His siblings are successful. I always wear a suit to work. And Biff is a valet who works for George. Once Marty reconnects with his girlfriend, Jennifer, Doc arrives to tell them they have to go with him to save their children from terrible fates. Hey, Doc, we better back up. We don't have enough road to get up to 88. Roads? Well, we're going. We don't need roads. The end. A sequel was not planned, but good on them that this is exactly where two starts from. Yeah. They didn't like try and. With the exception that. She's played Je- by a different actress. Jennifer becomes Elizabeth Shue. Yes, because Cla- Claudia Wells' mother was sick with cancer. Yes. So she uh, left. But in fairness, she's not really a major part of the second movie. No. They Doc puts her to sleep to keep her from interfering with yep. the future. All right. Characters. Michael J. Fox is Marty McFly. Again, he was the first choice. And most people know about Eric Stoltz. But did you know, prior to filming with Stoltz, C. Thomas Howell was actually cast I remember for, that. for two weeks. You, uh, you don't mind if we park for a few minutes, do you? Um, no, I don't think I mind. Oh, I don't know. It's just, uh, you know, some girls don't like to. Marty, I'm almost 18 years old. It's not like I'm a part of You seem nervous. No. Here, have some of this and I'll relax. Where'd you get that? Well, I swiped from my dad's liquor cabinet. Lorraine, you shouldn't drink. <laughs> Why not? Well, it's just not healthy. But he lost the job because Mask was such a big hit where Eric Stoltz played Rocky Dennis that they fired C. Thomas Howe, replaced him with Eric Stoltz, and then fired Eric Stoltz. How far are you going? 
about 30 years. And then C. Thomas Howell went on to do Soul Man. Yes. One of the most racist fucking uh-huh. movies of all time. A million people auditioned or were considered like John Cusack, Johnny Depp, Ralph Macchio, Matthew Modine, Charlie Sheen, John Cryer, Ben Stiller, Robert Downey Jr. And so on. My favorite is that they asked Corey Hart to audition and he declined. He turned it down. He basically, I think, said, I can't act. Hey, man, I got sunglasses at night. I'm good. Christopher Lloyd as Emmett Doc Brown. John Lithgow was the first choice. Robin Williams, Gene Hackman, John John Cleese, James Woods, Dudley Moore, and Jeff Goldblum were considered. Dudley Moore? I think Dudley Moore is probably in second place of the actor that we mentioned most. Him and Charlie Sheen, and we'll get to the other one. Okay. Leah Thompson as Lorraine Baines McFly. Crispin Glover as George McFly. Oh, what a nightmare Crispin Glover was. Oh, yeah. Thomas F. Wilson as Biff Tannen. You can't make this up. Tim Robbins was considered. Of course. It's Tim Robbins, Dudley Moore, Charlie Sheen in pretty much every movie it's the pyramid billy zane plays one of biff's henchmen named match never knew he had a name yeah again claudia wells plays marty's girlfriend jennifer and yeah huey lewis cameo role as the judge and that's about in the interest of time all i will mention which actor actress gives a passable performance designing non-lead character steal scenes tj who do you like in back to the future uh, i like the mayor goldie wilson goldie wilson you know I, I looked up to him he was a personal hero of mine as a black nap I uh, <laughs> really wanted to, wanted to be mayor when I was a kid, when I first watched You know, what, that scene in the beginning when they're at the diner and Mr. Carruthers, the guy who runs the bar. Oh, and it's, what do you let those boys push you around like that for? Well, they're bigger than me. Stand tall, boy. Have some respect for yourself. Don't you know if you let people walk over you now, they'll be walking over you for the rest of your life. Look at me. You think I'm going to spend the rest of my life in this slop house? Watch it, Goldie. No, sir. I'm going to make something of myself. I'm going to night school. And one day, I'm going to be somebody. That's right. He's going to be mayor. Yeah, I'm going Mayor. Now, that's a good idea. I could run for mayor. A colored mayor. That'll be the day. You wait and see, Mr. Carruthers. I will be mayor. I'll be the most powerful man in Hill Valley. And I'm going to clean up this town. Good. You can start by sweeping the floor. Man, Goldie Wilson, what the sound of that? You know, you're gonna keep, you're gonna sweep up, you're gonna clean one day. He's like, yeah, that's right, he's gonna be mayor, mayor. And then Mister Carruthers like, yeah, a colored mayor, that'll be the day. It, the best is because he says, I'm gonna clean up this town, and he goes, you can start by sweeping, sweeping the, the floor. floor. <laughs> so good. Yeah. So my my first one, I mean, for God's sake, when we get the DeLorean reveal, there is nothing. As a four year old kid, when you see this car just back out, you're just blown away. And then when you get the whole. The so are you picking the DeLorean? Huh? Are you picking the DeLorean? What do you mean I'm picking the DeLorean? It's the scene where you see the DeLorean for the first time. I'm talking about who, which actor, actress gets the best <laughs> performance. And I'm like, and you picked the DeLorean? <laughs> who played the DeLorean? <laughs> John DeLorean. John, John DeLorean. Sorry, that scene. I'm sorry. I'm so Joe's tired. so anxious to talk about best scenes. I am all on a DeLorean. I'm no. like, what are you talking about? I'm sorry. I apologize. I got all. That's awesome. Just but... all turned on by the DeLorean. The DeLorean. Gullwing doors rise effortlessly, beckoning you inside. The sleek stainless steel DeLorean. 
beautifully crafted for long life. The DeLorean is one of the most awaited automobiles in automotive history. Drive the DeLorean. Live the dream today. I always thought, and I thought one person that never really got enough credit was Dave McFly. I fucking always loved Dave yeah. McFly. The dude never got a dude worked at Burger King. All of a sudden, that was a bad thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, what a loser. And we can only assume it's the Burger King that's in front of Doc's garage. First off, so his mansion burns down. Don't know if it's just a man. I don't really classify it as a mansion, yeah. but if it's the, a real like modern looking house. Like, very ultra modern. In 1955 when they're running out of the back of it. And I'm like, this is a weird house but of all the things to burn down why do you just keep the garage and then build the city around it i never made but dave in the end gets his triumph you know why in the 80s and 90s did we look down upon people because like minimum wage at some point in time was enough to live on yeah and people aspired to be barbers or work at a grocery store and you could do that as a living i always like the save by the bell career fair episode because they're like slater if you don't pick a career you're gonna be a pro wrestler so that's a fucking awesome job. Oh, shit. Like, you know, I was thinking this the other day, like when me and my girlfriend were going to the grocery store, you see only two types of people that work at a grocery store. One that have been there for 40 years yeah. or kids that are getting their first job. There's no like, oh, I've been here for six years. My my buddy, uh, Jimmy Bone, he's worked at Giant Eagle, I think, for 25 plus years. Yeah. He has two jobs, but he one of them, he's worked at Giant Eagle for over 25 I've years. I've never met anybody that's worked at Giant Eagle less than 20 years. <laughs> like, seriously, I've, have you ever seen it? I remember. I remember not having a hard time. I, try, I wanted to work at Giant Eagle yeah. because when I played soccer and stuff, I wanted to get my first job. And I remember people saying like, oh, they're flexible if you do stuff at school. I couldn't get in that place. I Probably w- because the people waiting for people to retire. My friend Marissa worked at Eagle Video and I was like, man, that's yeah. got to be a cool gig yeah. working at the video store. To provide a segue for you into best scenes, I will say it's Doc Brown for me. Doc, she didn't even look at him. This is more serious than I thought. Apparently your mother is amorously infatuated with you instead of your father. Whoa, wait, wait a minute, Doc, are you trying to tell me that my mother has got the hots for me? Precisely. Whoa, this is heavy. There's that word again, heavy. Why are things so heavy in the future? Is there a problem with the Earth's gravitational pull? Yeah. I now I mentioned some of these other names. Dudley Moore obviously would have flopped, but John Lithgow, Robin Williams, Gene Hackman, John Cleese, James Woods, Dudley Moore. I can't picture any anyone else. Robin Williams may have been a little bit over too over the top. Yeah. I just think Christopher Lloyd finds that he found the happy ground. Yeah, that perfect middle ground oh, between yeah. like big, you know, big performance at times, but like you know what? I just had a thought. I'm changing mine. Not Dave McFly. Fucking Strickland. The doc said all his clocks 25 minutes. Doc, am I to understand you're still hanging around with Dr. Emmett Brown McFly? Party slip for you, Miss Parker. And one for you, McFly. I believe that makes four in a row. Now, let me give you nickels worth of free advice, young man. The so-called Dr. Brown is dangerous. He's a real nutcase. You hang around with him, you're going to end up in big trouble. Oh, yes, sir. You've got a real attitude problem, McFly. You're a slacker. Remind me of your father when he went here. He was a slacker, too. Can I go now, Mr. Strickland? I notice your band is on the roster for the dance auditions after school today. Why even bother, McFly? You don't have a chance. You're too much like your old man. No McFly ever amounted to anything in the history of Hill Valley. Yeah, well, history is going to change. 
Yeah. How can we not talk about Strickland? He's the same character throughout every movie and he never has hair. Yeah. And that's the running joke. And he hates Marty McFly. Okay. So your first scene, did you want to, best scene, you want to talk anymore All right, about that? You guys have never heard this, but it's the scene where they backed the DeLorean out at the Twin Pines Mall at 1.18 a.m. There's just the, the slow-mo of the, the truck opening up, the dry ice, and this thing just back out. And you hear the thing rev for the first time. Doc gets out of the car and he's just so elated to see Marty. Like, I'm literally closing my eyes and I'm putting myself there. There was just something about it as a four-year-old kid where it's like, shit, I want a fucking DeLorean. By the time 1985 came around, those cars didn't exist for years. I I will say, now, I didn't write this down in logic, but a logic issue is that I get it. It's 1.18 a.m. Yeah. There's no one else out. No, it's... And it's I mean, they it's don't... It's California. It's California, <laughs> and there's no one else out. Like, no. there's a, a chase scene with Libyan terrorists. One which has a fucking rocket launcher. Yeah, there's a, yes, there's a DeLorean with dry ice everywhere and smoke. And then in 1955... It's only 10 p.m. Yeah. And they're in the center of town, but somehow they manage to drive the DeLorean down Main Street, catch the line with the lightning, and there's no one that witnesses and, and it. And here's the thing that's mo- most fucked up about that. It's Saturday, November 12th, yes. 1955. Saturday night. It could be 1925. Yes, 10 p.m. There's going to be people in that courtyard dancing. Someone. Come on. Maybe more than any movie we've ever covered. You really can't go wrong with any scene in this movie, I think. It's oh, such it's a wonderfully best. paced movie and it's just a great scene stacked after great scene after great scene. I will start by saying Marty leaving Doc's house sketching on a skateboard to Huey Lewis Power oh, of Love. the best. And it doubles as an establishing shot to kind of show you Hill Valley. Yeah. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Doc. Are you telling me that it's 825? Precisely. Damn. I'm late for school. It's just so good because we've got now you mentioned the DeLorean thing. When test audiences saw this movie for the first time, they were getting a little antsy at first because they didn't like all the talking. Yeah. Once they saw the DeLorean, then they were like, okay, we're in the DeLorean like made this movie. You know what I think helped that though? Knight Rider because people connected to the car as being a center character. Yeah. And the DeLorean was a character in the movie. Absolutely. And that's why you picked it. Exactly. uh, Which I favorite character mr delorean my favorite scene of the movie is uh, it's probably the opening scene just because you get so much information in like two minutes yes between the panning shot it kind of does but it's not exposition it's just perfect yeah it's perfect in like lean in on it you know that doc's not been home yeah the fucking alpo that's just sitting there that's got a fucking stink it smells but and then you also know why marty probably hangs out with doc because he has that giant speaker why why why? Just doing it Why just to hang out with him to play his guitar. What is the purpose of having a massive amp? Did he talk Doc into making him a massive amplifier? I think that's why they became friends. He probably said, hey, kid, you want to learn? You want to play guitar? And he's, he's got that like, little sure. guitar. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. It looks almost like a mandolin or something. It's yeah. Like a, to, to piggyback on, on what you said already, got to go with the Libyan terrorists. Oh, my God. They found me. I don't know how, but they found me. Work hard, Marty! Who? Who? Who do you think? The Libyans! Look at my left! Holy shit!
showing up in Hurley's Dharma Initiative van from the island on Lost. <laughs> he got it working. To kill Doc Brown after the test of the time machine. So Marty gets in the DeLorean to get away, accidentally travels to 1955 because it was Doc's like sitting in it and typing and showing him like, you can go to the birth of Christ, which I, I question that. Because December 20th, zero, zero, yeah, zero, zero. Because Christ wasn't born on December 25th. No. We know that winter was the only time. And it's another conversation. <laughs> That's for our uh, our religious podcast. Sorry, we already did a Scientology um, Christmas movie, so we're good. So Marty, Doc was punching in all these dates, and he's like, or you could go the date that I got the idea for the time machine. So that was the last date he got in. And then when Marty, Marty doesn't realize that when he goes 88, yeah. he's going to time travel. So Marty's well, like. Well, he turned the time circuits yeah. on because he went to shift the car. Yeah, and he's like, let's see if you suckers can do 90. Which here's the thing. The DeLorean he has is an automatic DeLorean. Why is he shifting? Yeah, I don't There's know. no need for it to well, shift. And then when Marty arrives in 1955, the mall was Fields, which we did get this through exposition. Yes. That Doc tells us all oh, I remember when this was guy wanted to clone pine trees or something. And then when he comes back to the future, because he hit that tree when he first yeah. went, it's Lone Pine Mall. Yeah, which is pretty funny. I That's love it. It's a nice little gag. So Marty arrives in 1955, drives into a barn. The guy that owns the farm goes out to see what it was. They think he's an alien. Because he's wearing the yeah. radiation suit. Right, they start shooting at him and stuff, and he drives off, and then he has to stash the DeLorean somewhere. I do like at the at the mall that all those places they didn't get permission. Nope. So JC Penny got like a ton of free advertisement. Yeah. And they probably threw a shit fit about it. Probably. They're probably unhappy with it. All right, TJ, you got another one? I also like when Marty kisses his mom. That was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, that's I mean, it was true love. I also like when when Marty ends up somehow he's able to stash that DeLorean I know, somewhere with in branches. A, with branches. Like nobody's gonna pass that car and go. No, it's like it's by like the city sign. No, it's the line. It's Marty's future home development. It's the Lion Estate sign. After I fell off my toilet, I drew this. Flux capacitor. Somehow we've got to sneak this back to my laboratory. We've got to get you home. So yeah, he just pushes it back there. And I love, like we said, we get exposition. He goes into the diner. Yeah. Give me, give me a tab. Tab? I can't give you a tab unless you order something. All right, give me a Pepsi free. You want a Pepsi, pal? You're going to pay for it. Look, just give me something without any sugar in it, okay? Some of that sugar. Hey, McFly. What do you think you're doing? Hey, I'm talking to you, McFly, you Irish bug. Oh, hey, Biff. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Yeah, you got my homework finished, McFly? Uh, well, actually, I figured since it wasn't due till Monday. Hello? Hello? Anybody home? Hey, think, McFly. Think. I gotta have time to recopy it. You realize what would happen if I hand in my homework and your handwriting? I'll get kicked out of school. You wouldn't want that to happen, would you? Would you? Well, now, of course, not no, I wouldn't no. want that to happen. First off, they think he's wearing a life preserver, which yeah. I don't get because it, to me, doesn't look like a life preserver. 
It's not damn near floaty enough. It's so funny to me because there's stuff in that scene that like my kids or even like the TikTok generation wouldn't understand. Marty's in the phone booth trying to call Doc Brown. And as the guy that works at the diner is walking by, Marty's wristwatch is Casio or whatever starts beeping. And And the guy's looking at him like, what what is that? Younger kids than us wouldn't understand because they wouldn't understand that they didn't have that beeping in 1955. Plus, Mr. Carruthers, the racist fucking diner owner, don't you think he'd be pissed knowing that he just rip the page out of yes, the yellow pages yes. to get Not a number. Not only does Marty do it, but he kind of advertises that he did it by bringing the page up. And then I love he gets pushed. He's like, what are you going to order? He's like, I'll have a, a Pepsi free. It's not free. You got to pay for it. I'll, I'll, well, first he says, I'll have a tab. I'll have a tab. Well, I can't, you can't start a tab until you buy some. I got to go with Marty invent skateboarding. Oh, oh, kid, kid, stop, 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 stop. Hey. Oh, oh, oh. I'll get it back to you, all right? Oh, focus. And, yeah. and then Biff and his uh, his gang get covered in manure. And that goes throughout the entire run of the three movies. So much of this movie is Marty trying to get George together with Lorraine. His future literally depends on yeah. it. George is, is hitting on Lorraine. Biff comes into the diner. Marty trips Biff. And Biff's like, I'm going to get that guy or whatever. Marty runs outside. I don't know what those things those kids are riding are. It's basically like a skateboard, but oh, it's got like a crate nailed yeah. to it with I, like toilet paper roll handles so it's like, or something. It's like an, it's like an apple basket, yeah. but rectangular. Right, and they're using it sort of like a scooter, and Marty just walks right up and rips the basket off of it and then is able to use it like a modern skateboard. That's some cool shit. I love when they're bumping him with the car. There's just yeah. something like satisfying about it. While they're like, he's on the skateboard. He should be dead. He should probably be dead. Yeah. Well, then at the last moment, he climbs in and through the car, which also something satisfying oh. about him running up the hood and some, because I would trip. Oh, I'd, I'd I would end it. up in the car with them. I'm getting my ass beat. Yes. But he manages to step through their car, hop back onto the skateboard like a Rodney Mullen trick, and then they rear end a manure truck and it causes $300 damage. Yeah. Whopping three. But in 1955, you know, another thing I also find interesting is a lot of times like Earth Angel. This is the first time I ever heard Earth Angel thinking that was the original. We hear Johnny B. Good. That's the first time I ever heard Johnny B. Good, which I hear the originals doesn't sound the same. But you get so fucking excited that during that enchantment under the sea dance marty's up there playing the fucking picture is disappearing yeah and he's losing the ability to play uh-huh. then all of a sudden it's that slow fade where you hear marvin barry start singing Kiss, 
He starts strumming and that's it. And they said, let's do another one. Yeah. And then he starts playing Johnny B. Good. And everybody's like, uh, they're not ready for it yet because. Well, the Chuck, Johnny B. Good, they like. They love it. Until he starts doing the Eddie Van Halen solo. He goes nuts. But if it wasn't for Marty McFly, Chuck Berry never would have did Johnny B. Good. To be a spoiler here, Chuck Berry had already, oh. based on the date of the movie, yeah. Chuck Berry would have already found the sound. True. I do love like, it's your cousin Marvin Barry. Obviously, Michael J. Fox is not really singing. No. The singing voice was Mark Campbell of the 80s band Jack Mack and the Heart Attack. And he's the one who did all of Marty's singing. Oh, we ever disappointed? Like, I remember when we did Ferris Bueller, I thought that was Matthew Broderick singing Twist and Shout. I was like, this is fucking awesome. I mean, I think that one is more believable. Yeah. This one does it. This is like Zach Morris level, not to keep bringing up Saved by the Bell. Yeah. But this one's like when Zach, remember when Slater sang, uh, uh, and he did, sounds like Michael Bolton? And it didn't match. And it's like, whoa, this yeah. is crazy. He's a like Luther Vandross all of a sudden. Anybody else have any scenes they want to mention? My last favorite scene. I also like the, the scene at the dance. But what would have happened if he did disappear with all of time and yeah. space? Oh, good point. Because if he would have disappeared, the fabric of reality would have had to fall on apart. He wouldn't sure. have existed to get them all there. Well, that, well, what would the reaction would have been if he just all of a sudden, woof. it would have been a ripple through time and space. His mom wouldn't have been there. His, what if yeah. everyone you there know? seen him vanish? Yeah. But then if he would have Somebody had to have seen his hand starting to flex out. Yeah. I That's don't know. That's a really good point. I TJ, don't know. every time. Yeah. Has He's some. on this show. He has. You always come up with this question that fucking shatters both of our minds. It just made me. Th I just thought, what if he disappeared? He, That's you right. know, what would that? That is also one of my favorite scenes. I, I remember really enjoying that when yes. I was a kid. All right, so Marty, he goes. Well, first, no pool in this one. No. California should be. Should be, but there isn't. I bet when the McFlies get rich after Marty comes back, they probably have a pool. Yeah, but for now, let's get out of the pool. Marty, yeah, pool. <laughs> You've really, uh, <laughs> One of your best for yeah, sure. It's the best. Um, so Marty, he tra he time traveled pretty straightforward. He uh, was in a time vessel. He went 88 miles per hour. He went back exactly 30 years, and then he returned to the date in which he time traveled, but but 11 minutes early. Yeah, and he did uh, affect some things, butterfly effect style, where some of the decisions he made while visiting the past, which is technically his future, you know, affected the actual future. So we are going to be talking some time travel movies and I'm yeah. shocked we had never done this. Yeah, it's shocking. So TJ, I don't know if you brought a list, but if you want to join in, we'll pass it to you and you can let us know. We'll go through these. So TJ, why don't you kick us off? What's, what's one of your favorite time travel movies? Oh man, there's so many. The only one I can think of right now, uh, because my dad watches it 20 times a day probably, is <laughs> Hot Tub Time yeah. Machine. Um, <laughs> and I, I'm sure it wouldn't exists without back to the future. Oh yeah. It's very, yeah, it's very back to the future and they yeah. go back to the eighties and uh, yeah, it's really, it's pretty good. And I, John Cusack finally gets his, his back to the future. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't get to be uh, Marty McFly, but he got to be in this one. I actually enjoy that one. And then the second one, I don't even remember good. the second one. Not good. Like I think it might be on the level of and, uh, John Cusack's two, not in it. Yeah. It's, it's not good. He even knew like, why am I doing this? Okay. My number five, I'm going with, 
with a 2002 movie directed by Colin Trevorrow, Safety Not Guaranteed. Ooh, nice. The reason I pick it is that it's based off an ad that ran in the classifieds of Backwoods Home Magazine that read, Wanted somebody to go back in time with me. This is not a joke. P.O. Box 91, Ocean View, Washington, 99393. You'll get paid after we get back. Must bring your own weapons. I have only done this once before. Safety not guaranteed. Not the greatest movie I've ever seen, but it has Mark Duplass, Aubrey Plaza, and Jake Johnson. And it's kind of just like a little indie movie and a couple twists, but it's pretty interesting. Like the way they make the movie is that Mark Duplass is like 100% and Aubrey Plaza doesn't think he's like real. She doesn't think he's telling the truth. So she's kind of just like following him around and hanging with him and like humoring him. But it's pretty interesting. My number five to kick this off. And it's a movie that has been on my personal list for us to cover. We have not covered it yet. And I'm looking forward to it because as a kid, scared the shit out of me. So my number five is 1986's Disney movie Flight of the Navigator. I don't know what it was about this movie, but like I said, I always had a love for live action Disney movies. I didn't like the animated stuff as much, but it's the whole premise of the year is 1978. David somehow sees this spaceship, goes missing. He goes back to his house. All of a sudden, his parents have aged and they're like, David, you've been gone for eight years. So he goes on this journey with Max, the robot that runs this spaceship. And it's the whole fact that I just want to get home and you've just been taken to run, you know, trying to figure out the human race. And it's just this journey with his best friend who is Paul Rubens's voice. It's Pee Wee's voice. Sarah Michelle Gellar, not Sarah Michelle Gellar. Sarah Jessica Parker was Sarah, in it. Sarah Michelle Gellar would have been. It's an ultimate time travel movie. But yeah, Flight of the Navigator was just such a weird Disney movie to pull out of their ass. But man, that just sticks in my head. I knew you were going to pick it. All right. My next, my number four, written and directed by Mike Judge, definitely has the Beavis and Butthead humor. Idiocracy. Which is almost like true life now. Yeah. What a great concept for a movie that we're currently living. We're yeah. actually getting dumber as time goes on instead of smarter. So Stanley Cups, people. A U.S. Army army librarian is selected for an experiment to basically be cryogenically frozen because they've determined he's the most average individual in the entire military. But when he wakes up, he wakes up to a future where he is now the smartest person in the world. And basically the whole plot of the movie is that they're in search of a time machine, but uh, you'd have to watch it to find out. Uh, Spoiler, they're dumb. Everybody's very dumb. You've seen it, right? Yeah. Electrolytes. Yes what makes plants grow or it's what plants crave <laughs> but what do plants crave electrolytes yeah so my next one my number four and it's very hard to explain this movie because you're gonna have to watch it multiple times to kind of get it christopher nolan's masterpiece of tenant okay yep. so i took it just an entire day out of my life i was like i'm gonna sit down watch tenant that movie is a time travel mind fuck like no other and i feel like i need to watch it again because i feel like i've missed even more stuff but john david washington looks just like his dad denzel it's such a good movie but once again folks I can't stress this enough it's a movie that you have to pay attention to you can't be distracted or you're gonna miss the plot with a lot of it it's so good a lot of people fucking hate it it's probably my least favorite Christopher Nolan movie I thought you hated Interstellar yeah I I kind of have a love hate with Interstellar See, I love Interstellar I don't really like that's a time travel movie yeah 
I don't really like interstellar that much, but I like, I can appreciate it. It's just not for me. It's mm-hmm. just, it's a huge swing, but just not a swing. I like But tenant. But that being said, tenant's not bad no. at all. It's a good movie. Yeah. It's just, he's got a, a pretty great. I mean, I'm, I'm disqualifying the Batman movies. Yeah. Let's they're great, but they're, it's, they're their own thing. Yeah. All right. My number three, I'm going edge of tomorrow. A movie. Ooh. We definitely need to cover at some point. Live, die, repeat. Yes originally titled all you need is kill and then it was titled live die repeat and then they changed it to edge of tomorrow after kind of revealing it was called live die repeat so then they just use live die repeat for the marketing and it still says edge of tomorrow it does so tom cruise and emily blunt aliens catch a ride to earth on an asteroid in the near future now there's a war of allied forces to fight them tom cruise's character gets covered in the blood of one of the aliens and it gives them groundhog day powers Mm -hmm. is basically how you could describe it but to me what i really like is that it plays like a video game so basically think battletoads on nes or something where you have to memorize a pattern and the yeah the turbo tunnel so that's basically what tom cruise is doing like every day he wakes up to fight because he keeps living the same day over and over and he gets a little bit further and he knows what's coming he's like a like a journalist or something in the movie he has no fight training so he has to go and train with emily blunt who also has the powers and she's what four metal bitch i think is what she's called yeah. pretty cool movie so yeah if they're supposed to be making the sequel which then will be called all you need is kill but if it's not called all you need is kill they'll probably actually just call it live die repeat this time i mean again very very I confusing to, i used to know the uh bill paxton speech by heart yeah, yeah. he's, he's so great in that, that one man yeah. is there really a movie where b packs sucked because i can't think of one like we just rewatched aliens fuck is he I, good in that i've i've had it since Hudson. season one of my note i want you to see frailty yeah. it's a horror movie bill paxton plays kind of a religious zealot it's kind of weird so my number three i'm going old school here i'm going 1960 one of my first time travel movies i ever saw the hg wells masterpiece come to movie theaters that's right the time machine wow this fucking movie i remember seeing this as a kid blew my mind because i'm like you know it starts in like victorian london like 1899 then he creates this time machine which is just the chair with a lever very simple but then he goes into the first world war then he goes i'm gonna go even further and then he ends up in the 60s where fucking london gets nuked and then as he's escaping the nuclear blast he goes all the way into the year 800 2701 where the human race has long since been expired they're subservient to these mutant race called the morlocks this movie was relayed this movie was later remade guy pierce with guy pierce the 2002 one which i paid to go see in a movie theater Fuck, I think they had Samantha Mumba in yeah, it. it did. But the one cool scene I remember from that movie is you see there's this one element where he goes into the future and the moon is falling. Yeah. Go figure. My, uh, yeah, moonfall. Yeah. Predicted it. Moon is falling. Uh, my mom really loves the Guy Pierce one. And basically the Guy Pierce one, I don't remember. I, I read the H.G. Wells time machine. Yeah. You know, he his wife dies. So he yeah. keeps time traveling in order to go back and try and prevent her death. But every time he tries, she just dies a different way. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like fate proves that she was going to die no matter what. And uh, so he just gets like uh, disenchanted with the whole thing. And that's how he ends up. Yeah. Those Morlocks are real weird looking. They're really fucking odd. I'm going a movie I got so much enjoyment out of and I've watched a million times. I had a huge kick where I just watched it on a loop. It's Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Oh, yeah. There are, I will say, larger overall stakes in the movie. But ultimately what the movie's about is two high school slackers travel through time to gather historical figures 
so that they can graduate high school. It's basically it. They're just trying to graduate. It's another movie we probably need to cover at some point to talk I about. Agree. The people who were almost cast as Bill and Ted, it's a pretty weird list. But I do like that uh, Keanu Reeves in his ultimate professionalism, he tried to give these characters kind of some humanity rather than just being the stereotypical slackers. And I think that's what works so well because we really do like Bill and Ted oh, as characters. And George Carlin's in it. and It's all around a super fun one. I even didn't mind Bogus Journey. I don't really like Bogus Journey that much. The newest one. Yeah. That came out, what, two years ago? I think it came out 2020. Yeah. yeah it's, it was good. Yeah. I like Bogus Journey better, though. I don't know why. Yeah? You like it better it's so than... weird. Yeah. Because Bogus Journey, didn't they do the whole... They did Dante's Seven Seal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I kind of like that they did that. Um, the new one. There was something missing. I don't know. The celebrities didn't see yeah. this. Um, would you count every Groundhog Day type movie yes. as time travel? Yeah, it's a yes. time loop. Yeah, the time if you're manipulating time, I count it. Yeah. Okay. I was just thinking of Groundhog Day. What? Mm-hmm. Um, Palm Springs. Have you seen that one? I haven't seen Palm it's Springs. It's Andy Samberg, and it's the same concept. as He's living the same day over and over again. It's kind of like a romantic comedy, sort of not unlike Groundhog Day, but it's good. I mean, the fact that they, I think, know that they're just ripping off Groundhog Day. That's a bold thing to do, so you have to have a solid script. I would recommend it. Palm Springs is pretty good There's and happy then death day happy death day exactly yeah. it's kind of like a, a whodunit where a girl keeps reliving the same day so she can figure out who killed her yeah i did enjoy that one. that's kind of cool okay so my number two and i mentioned this when we covered the director peter hyams it's the one he did right after sudden death it's time cop oh i knew you were gonna pick time jean claude well. van damme starts in the year 2004 his wife gets knocked off by these thugs and ron silver goes back 10 years and and let the fucking fun begin. It's Jean-Claude Van Damme in a time travel movie. I yeah, mean, that's pretty on. much the perfect way to sum it up. Bruce McGill, who's awesome in everything he's ever done, doesn't get any better than that. Okay, my number one is about time. So I've mentioned this on here before, 2013 sci-fi rom-com. Literally one of my top 10 favorite movies of all time, directed by Richard Curtis, starring Dom Hall Gleason and Rachel McAdams. I might have spoiled this movie on here before, like I said, but in order to not do that again, I would just say a guy learns that on his he learns on his 21st birthday that all the men in his family have the ability to time travel back to any moments that they've lived before. So they can't go back and like kill baby Hitler. Yeah. They can time travel and relive moments that they've already lived and change things. And like his dad warns them like no money, fame. You can't do that stuff. It's It'll mess with the, the future too much, but you can go back and like change moments and like fix embarrassing things, whatever. What a wonderful movie. Like it's, it's kind of, of like a movie that I think will wreck you a bit because it's one of those ones that kind of just like hangs heavy on you for a while. But again, one of my top 10 favorite movies of all time. I absolutely recommend it. And then finally, my number one, I would be remiss if I didn't bring this up because it's another thing that is on its way to becoming true. I guess you can say every single one of the movies in this franchise, but specifically Terminator 2 yep. Judgment Day. I mean, it's Skynet. I mean, the whole premise of Terminator is sending a Terminator back in time to kill Sarah Connor to stop John. Connor from being born to end up becoming the leader of the human resistance. It's the, I mean, besides Back to the Future, the time travel movie. Oh yeah. By far. And it's one of the greatest action movies of all time. For sure. Okay, some honorable mentions. Uh, Source Code, Duncan Jones, pretty much a whole movie that takes place 
on a train. It's like a future technology that they're like testing for military reasons where you can essentially, you know, time travel yeah. in order to stop terrorist events. A uh, movie covered recently, Donnie Darko, Interstellar, Arrival, which is a kind of a contentious one because there's a lot of people who didn't like Did it. Did not like it. I liked it. Arrival is time travel? The Arrival with Amy Adams, yeah. Not the one with Charlie Sheen, time unfortunately. Time. Well, when the, the aliens give them the stuff, they can Oh, kinda... she goes back into her memories with yep. the kid and stuff. Yep. 12 Monkeys, Avengers Endgame, which I thought did yeah. time travel pretty well. The Snap. The Lake House, which is a Keanu Reeves again and Sandra Bullock. Whoa. Very weird movie. Kind of funny. I kind of enjoy it. Primer, which is like, Primer is like a 90 minute movie with a lot of information that goes over my head because it goes into explaining time travel from like a quantum physics perspective. It's basically just like two guys <laughs> explaining time travel. Yeah. Weird movie. And then finally, everyone loves the Adam Sandler vehicle click. Yeah. Where he such uses a, great a television movie. remote. Actually, that movie kind of. Yeah. It'll kind of uh, pull some emotions out of you. It was really good. I like Yeah. Christopher Walken was great. And now uh, he's in Dune. Dune too. <laughs> yeah. All right. The trainees. Whoa. Let's, let's take a time machine back to the summer where I can jump in a pool. Let's get back in the pool. Marty, I got my swim trunks on. Let's jump in a pool at the Twin Pines Mall. All of a sudden, I'm Vince McMahon. I think you're Richard Nixon. <laughs> I'm not a crook. I didn't cannonball. Uh... <laughs> critical question. There were two sequels to Back to the Future. Christopher Lloyd was really adamant that he wanted there to be a third Back to the Future or a fourth Back to the Future, I should say, third sequel, where they went to ancient Rome. So for the critical question, where would have you liked for Marty and Doc to go if there would have been a fourth movie? A fourth movie? We, I would love to have seen them go back to Doc Brown's childhood. That would have been great. That would have been good. have to do a similar thing to the first movie, but he's a kid so we're thinking doc is probably in his 60s so in the 80s s- we're gonna say probably 30s or 30s. 40s yeah so he's like a baby yeah so he's dispatched he's so, not in a way so wait a minute you don't have to worry about it. let's think this ahead of time so if we're thinking he's in his 60s in the 80s so you're telling me that doc brown is 30 when he goes back to 1955 he's the oldest looking 30 year old well I, ever I, I don't know i mean yeah. i mean it was the 30s though they only lived till 40 and it's a good point, but there's no way he's 70 in 1985. No, no way. No, I, I just want, I mean, probably twenties, thirties Okay, is where we would go. And that would be interesting because you had the great depression, you had the uh, industrial revolution. And yeah. that's interesting because if you want to do it correctly, as Jim pointed out, you know, as we talked about this off the air, three ends on a train because the DeLorean's destroyed. Yep. So that's what that what would, Doc always that wanted. would make sense if they got on the train and Doc said they could take a train to the 20s. Yeah. You can't take a train to the, you know, the 1600s. Well, as long as it does, well, here's the thing. The train was flying, so yeah, they'd have right. to go back on. Don't fly. Yeah, I guess, At I guess all. it could fly, but you think that they would need to go somewhere with train tracks. So for me, first off, maybe it's a point of contention. Not the biggest fan of the third movie, me so I, I didn't really think there needed to be a third movie. Right. I really like Back to the Future Part 2 because it too. took place in the future. Because it's something you think of as a kid, like, oh, what could the future look like? Ooh, this is the future where the Cubs win the World Series, 19 Jaws movies? Come on. I have, so I'm thinking, I'm going Woodstock, hippie culture, end of the 60s, beginning of the 70s. I'm thinking Marty and Doc at Woodstock. Oh. 
That's really good. I just think it'd be kind of cool. What if Marty accidentally fucked up Watergate? Well, Forrest Gump kind of did that, you know, like I, I don't want to see that's that was reluctant to pick the late 60s, early 70s because I'm like, oh, Vietnam. Yeah. But I was like, even like disco. Oh, my God. You know, like Doc Brown wearing a disco suit. Like, OK, so as we are using the premise of the train. Yeah. What if Lee Harvey fires a shot? The train shows up. It hits the train. All of a sudden you got this big reveal of flying train in Daly Plaza. Explain that conspiracy theory. Okay. Yeah. I, I think too deep. Was that too deep? I just think that's too Forrest Gump. <laughs> that's well, they probably used all of their scrap ideas for Forrest Gump. Yeah. yeah. Like all the time travel stuff. Oh, they it probably is both yeah. yeah. They they just used all their unused time travel stuff. Yeah. Except put it forward and put Forrest Gump. Okay, somewhere that they cannot travel is the late 90s, mid 90s to run in with Mr. David McCall. You want to stay away from his time. So, hey guys, that's uh, Mark Wahlberg here again. I own Mark Wahlberg Chevrolet, as you know, outside of, uh, I believe it's Cleveland. Is it? Is that what it's called, Donnie? I have a brother. His name's Donnie. And there's also Polly and, and there's Robert, who I met while I was filming The Departed, where they wanted me to, I've, I've all of a sudden, I had this big talk on my engine, okay? And I said, I I want to do Back to the Future Part 4, but I kind of want to do it like I said, I want to do it with a lisp, but I want to do it with a limp instead of a lisp because I think I could really be like a new Doc Brown, okay? But as I said, I own Mark Wahlberg Chevrolet and I want to have a DeLorean again. And this guy came up to me and said, hey, Mark, why don't you come and give me a DeLorean, okay? And I was like, I can't give you a DeLorean. I sell Chevrolets. I can't do DeLoreans anymore, okay? So he came up to me and threatened me with violence. I was like, whoa, can't do violence anymore. Hey, what's up, Keanu? Whoa. And all of a sudden I was like, get out of here, Keanu. I work here. I'm employee of the month. I'll fucking kill you. It all could have been different, Mr. Walker. You should have allowed nature to take its course. Uh, Marty needed to go back and prevent David from uh, carving Nicole Faeva in his chest. Um, he was on the other car on the roller coaster. Yeah, there you go. I said earlier that this movie had a pretty perfect script uh, considered to be pretty tight when they first introduced it. But it has to be mentioned that this movie has incest, sexual assault, and racism. Just to get that out of the way. And first, before we get into any logic, I'm going to go uh, with some of the deleted scenes. So Doc, looking at a playboy that marty brought back from the future yeah and doc says something like oh the future is going to be good these are my personal belongings huh yeah what's this thing it's a hair dryer a hair dryer don't they have towels in the future oh, look at these underpants they're all made of cotton i thought for sure we'd all be wearing disposable paper garments by 1985 What's, what's this? Ooh, suddenly the future is looking a whole lot better. Yeah, no bush. Uh, George being suckered by a girl who was selling peanut brittle and she convinced, because he's a sucker, you know, yeah. convinces him to buy a huge amount. George getting stuck in a phone booth. Operator, operator, can you give me the time? See what happens to slackers, McFly? Yes! Yes! Mr. Strickland! 
So I'm pretty sure. So the guy that interrupts him in Lorraine at the dance is Courtney Gaines. And I'm pretty sure yeah. that it is Courtney Gaines who <laughs> pushed pushes George into a phone booth to interrupt the dance with Lorraine. And then uh, finally, Darth Vader scene was extended and Zemeckis almost cut the Johnny B. Good scene out, but test audiences really loved it. It's a great scene. I think it's awesome. I think it just breaks up the ending enough that uh, gives it that nice, you know, kind of moment. So we asked you pool sceners, the ones that picked this movie, I said, hey, I threw it out there. What logic questions do you have? So let's throw it to pool scener here. Here, one of our very own, one of our lifeguards, Mr. Alex Vernon, the XO himself. He said, here's one for you. How does one exactly set fire to the living room rug? Are they not a bit weirded out when Calvin, a.k.a. Marty, says this in 1955 and in 1985, it actually happened? So you think about that kind of inception-y. So in 1955, how would you set fire to the living room rug? Yeah. That makes perfect sense. And then you go ahead 30 years later, he did set fire to the living room rug. It's really cool. Yeah. I dig that. So the famous piece of well, first, I will say, in the original script of this movie, Doc Brown sold bootleg videos in order to fund his time machine. Which is so weird. So Universal made them remove this because they didn't want to promote piracy. Uh, I think it's awesome. Imagine Doc Brown just like... But what is he bootlegging in 85? I I, I don't know. I mean... Uh, VHS I tapes. Know. I think I will. VHS um, tapes. 80 bucks a pop, I hope he fucking oh, he's is. selling them for 20. <laughs> porn it's porn isn't it <laughs> it's peddling smut probably the famous piece of logic in this movie why don't marty's parents recognize him or comment how much he looks like their friend calvin from high school yeah. Bob Gale has tried to clear this up by saying Calvin was a dude that they knew for eight days, 30 years ago. However, to d- debunk what he says, they obviously remembered him enough to name their kid Marty after him. Exactly. Because he gave the suggestion. Yeah. Because the, the mom says, Marty, that's a, a nice name. That's right. after the living room rug thing. Yeah. Does his, is his name Marty and not Martin? Yeah, that's a good point. But yeah. So somehow they don't remember their friend Marty, but they do remember. They Yeah. But Bob Gale says eight days and they only knew him for eight days they knew him for eight days 30 years ago but here's the thing they spent almost every waking moment together for eight days yes that's most yeah they met because of him yeah exactly it was him it was him he was the whole reason for everything his whole fucking show so he's rob van dam that was before they lived a life of luxury you know they they like robinson crusoe yeah they lived a pretty pretty fun life imagine what happened in the next 30 years because they changed completely it changed it you know yeah, they, altered you know, their timeline they weren't slobs like they were in the other one in the other timeline maybe the old versions of them might have remembered marty but these new ones they're they're shakers and movers they wouldn't remember it's a good point loser. so yeah. i have another one here submitted by pool scener sarah lorraine this is a really good one how come marty didn't wake up with better clothes in the new 1985 where his parents were successful if his brother dave wears a suit to the office why does he still live at home? That's right. Dave and his sister well, still live at home. I question that the timeline. Do they do they live there or do they just come to eat breakfast there every morning? Question. Hmm. I don't I don't know. Yeah. He's unaffected by the timeline, though, because he, if if that was the case, his memories would be different. Maybe too. in some side. Yeah, they'd be OK. When maybe he's protected by like a bubble or something yeah, he's like protected that by the sacred timeline. That's a very good point. So I have this one getting back into the time looping where has this already happened? Are we seeing the first time that 
that this happened because so the reason Doc sends types in that date is because that's the day that Doc had the idea for the time machine. He slipped in, hit his he head, head on, on the, the toilet. Line. He saw the flux capacitor. That's also the same exact day that Marty's parents met. Yep, November fifth. Which is very coincidental because is that because Marty has already traveled back in time and gave Doc Brown the idea for the flux capacitor? Ooh. It's already happened. Yeah. And because when Marty was back in 1955 to make sure his parents got together, he plants the idea for the time machine to Doc Brown. But do we want to go deeper with this? And Marty's already been to 2015, the alternate 1985, 1885. Yeah. He's already done this whole thing. I don't know, but it's not this version of the Marty we're seeing. It's kind of like Bill and Ted. It's almost like Doctor Who at this rate. Yeah, Bill and Ted kind of interact with themselves at different points in the journey, which is a really great thing I like about Bill and Ted, where in the beginning, you're following a Bill and Ted to a Bill and Ted come out of the phone booth and give them instructions. It says, like, don't forget to wind your watch. Well, then we circle around and get to that point later in the movie. It's so smart that they wrote it that way. But I kind of wonder that with Back to the Future, because like I, I still explain to me how Marty knows Doc. And the principal tells, keeps telling Marty, like, you don't want to hang around with that guy. It's almost like he's on a list. Yeah, right. But he also lives in a garage behind a Burger King. Yeah. Nobody wants to go. No. But it's a garage. It's surrounded by a chain link fence that's locked. Right. Even worse. He also has a giant amp. Is giant amp. Yeah, I mean, come on, man. That's the like having showed a, up. Well, that's like having a you know giant white van for you know kids. It's that's true. Marty probably ate that up. He said, and "Oh, this also amp. Wouldn't, wouldn't Marty have rendered himself deaf by doing that?" By the way, he turns everything up to eleven. Essentially, yeah. plugs it in, blows a hole in the thing. It's loud enough that it blows him back like twenty five feet. He'd be deaf. He'd be dead. Probably. Uh, he'd probably His be internal, dead too. Uh, yeah, Technically, he should problem. already be dead because, as we see in one of that very first scenes when he shows up at the garage. He kicks the skateboard and it just hits the tota plutonium. How yeah. long has Doc had this tota plutonium? <laughs> like, seriously, this has got to be some sort of radiological yeah. issue that somebody's going to notice a radiological spike. Uh, yeah, I don't like Doc just driving around with plutonium in his no. head. Oh, here's the thing. I get that they're Libyan terrorists. They have to be smart enough to realize that they're being sold pinball machine parts. Right. Like, what is he constructing with pinball machine parts to make it look like a weapon of mass destruction? Yeah. Also, shout out to Red, the homeless guy. He's in all three movies. Really? Yep. All three. Nice. How does Marty's school have so many bands? They're taking audition and there's like 20 bands lined up to play this dance. It's a lot. It's also name of his band, the Pinheads. Pinheads. Dumb name. Should be. That sounds like a punk band. Like, uh, you know, because they're also the bowling team. There you go. I do like his version of fucking power, power love. love. Yeah. He starts shredding. Yeah. So the Van Halen thing, when he puts in the tape that says Edward Van Halen, which why Eddie Van Halen actually did play those riffs. <laughs> My name is Darth 
I am an extraterrestrial from the planet Vulcan. So that was Eddie. It was Eddie who played those. I think he's uncredited, but he they did ask him, and he did contribute those riffs that when he puts it on, uh, he puts the headphones in George's ear. Think about it. Eddie Van Halen went uncredited with that and beat it. Yeah. And I wonder if maybe they had to do Edward Van Halen on the tape in order to avoid some sort of contractual Instead thing. of putting Eddie Van Halen? Yeah. And then here's the thing. He also said his name is Darth Vader from the planet Vulcan. Uh-huh. Star Trek. Is that you would have to get copyright for that? Maybe. Yeah, I would hope it. so. Say it. Can you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't it, know. It could fall under parody. Oh, it's a good point. Under parody. Yeah, he wasn't really in the costume as Darth Vader. Uh, what if during the test, Einstein accidentally flipped a switch or something and Doc lost both Einstein and the time machine? First off, are you going to trust that fucking dog not to sneeze or hit something? Come on, I mean, man. maybe I'm dumb. Please explain the Einstein scene to me like I'm five. So he sacrificed his dog. That's he, what he did. He types in what? One minute. It's one minute ahead of time. One minute ahead of time. He puts Einstein in the DeLorean and controls it via remote control. Which, How he's administering gas and all that. I yeah. don't know. It's shifting gear because he spins the tires first. Yeah. But he puts it in gear. He puts it to 88. Einstein disappears. They stand there then for a minute or whatever. And then Einstein returns. But it's from Einstein's point of view. He just, he never, he never left. He never disappeared because he said we'll catch up to him. Okay. So he never left. He's been there the entire time. Yeah. Which is weird. Why only go one minute and not be like, I put Einstein five days ahead. Why is it just one minute? But what if Einstein, you put a dog in a car by himself, go yeah. 88 miles per hour. Wouldn't the dog start to panic a little bit? And if Einstein paused the button, he sends himself back to 1724 yeah. and then your DeLorean's gone. And then <laughs> your dog's gone. Something just popped into my head and I don't know why I didn't think of this. And if I'm wrong, call me out on it. So the first time that Einstein comes back, they go to grab the car and he's like, it's cold, far too yeah. cold. It's never cold again when it jumps ever no, again. That's a good point. Why is it that one time the car is ice. freezing? He sent him one minute into the future, not fucking Antarctica. Right. So I don't get Makes it. Makes no sense. Going back to like just suspension of disbelief where no one sees them ever do anything. Never. What, how do they sneak the DeLorean back to Doc's lab? You're so, going to have to take it through town. Well, yes. When they <laughs> take the branches off the DeLorean, yeah. they have to push it. Yeah. How? How do they get it through town without anybody seeing it? He doesn't have a truck to tow a car no. back. So it's going to be, I don't give a fuck if it's in the middle of the night. Yeah. You're going to notice a car with branches on it being pushed through town. Yes, push through town. A car the, like nothing we've ever seen. No. People minded their business back then. You know? <laughs> they don't want to know. No, not at all. Why? So this one I have a, a huge fucking problem with. Sorry to swear. Why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? Uh, why does the flyer implicate that lightning strikes precisely at 10.04? Yeah. For one, it wasn't like 10.04 and 38 seconds or something. And then more so the thing that bothers me, why does the flyer to save the clock tower mention the specific time of the lightning strike at all. Why does this happen on November 12th, 1955? Yes. Not 10.04 p.m. I thought it was because that's when the clock broke. Well, that's when lightning struck and hit the clock tower, which it froze it at 10.04. Yeah. But oh, wait a minute. I get what TJ's saying. I get it's that. It's sort of like that time travel. It's like the thing where the guy has a watch and he, and that's how you know when he died. I mean, the yeah. clock's already yeah. broke, so you can clearly look up and see 10.04. Yeah, yeah. but like, does is there a second hand? Yeah. Yeah. 
on the clock. There's a second hand it's on the clock. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there's a exactly ten, but it's. Did it's, they ever fix it from then? I don't know. Was it wait broke a minute from from 1950 till the 80s? Hold on. When the lady was raising money, something just fucking occurred to me. So lightning struck and hit the clock tower at 10:04. Okay, so that wouldn't have happened because they went back in time. Doc slipped, fucked up the ledge. Yeah. And when they came back, the ledge was fucked up. I talked myself out. You of know, it. my other part with that scene that bothers me is that for Marty, because he has to travel exactly 88 hit the wire at the moment the lightning strikes it has to have to have so to. there would have to be a good deal of math involved to do that you have to calculate it but marty would have to leave at a specific it's like a math problem marty would have to leave from the distance at an exact second but he fucked up but the car didn't start it didn't start so he he's already behind he's already behind how would marty do the math on the fly to go faster because if he gets to 88 too fast to make up time it's not gonna matter it's not gonna matter i mean i i just but it was meant to happen that's what you're forgetting they caused everything they caused the lightning to strike it when he put all that stuff on it so like you it's said bootstrap he this, has to, this has, has already to happened before yeah so yeah. If he would have left perfectly well it wouldn't it, have mattered here's another thing too during that scene he literally writes on the street in white paint start here is anybody gonna come across that the next day like what the well, fuck what do, the fuck doc, is this doc standing there hanging electrical wire across the street and the cops like what is this whatever and he's and like, he, has, no. he has for a permit he has it yeah he has a permit what, do you have a permit for a DeLorean yeah what the fuck oh my god where does Marty get more clothes than what he was wearing when he went back they never explain like they don't take him to a store or army anything. navy yeah he's just got has clothes is it has to be his grandfather's clothes right Lorraine's dad Maybe. I'm That's sure the there's th- a scene where they're like, let's get you some clothes. Yeah, unless he took some from well, George's if you remember, closet. remember, he leaves in a hurry. It's true. So I, I don't know. Yeah, but like, is Doc Brown giving him clothes or maybe it's George? You know what? Real quickly here, let's talk about the logic of Crisp and Glover. Like, just existing. Why was he so difficult to work with? He did not have a fucking career to begin with if it wasn't for this movie. But you read any story how notoriously difficult this guy was to the point where they said, we don't need you for the second movie. We'll get a guy to kind of look like you. He'll be your new George McFly. Well, this well, is also the guy who medics, right? Didn't they steal his identity? Well, they put him upside down. Yeah. So you never saw him upright. This is also the guy that tried to kick David Letterman in the face. Yeah. On that interview. That's a very great, very weird. strange. We're trying to get next to him. Guess some people are turned on by Brill Cream. Yeah. Well, I don't know. And then they, you, I don't have these. You seem to be distraught. They don't. You seem to be distraught. People try to make me sound a lot weird, and yeah. I'm just, I'm strong, you know? I'm strong. I can arm wrestle. I, do you want to arm wrestle? No. I've been taking, no. you know, I've been taking far. These aren't mine. I, I can, I can, I can kick. Okay. Okay. Hey, I'm, I'm going to go check on the top ten. No, I'm sorry. I'll be back. I think it was a conceptual piece. Uh, well, he came very close to denting my head with those yes. giant, with those giant shoes. So I thought, I don't need that. I'm I'm 40. I went to college. I've had a number of. I don't need. This that is not how I want my life ended. Some goofball, some dork from uh, wherever. Oh, stop it! Stop it! Yeah, you want to have dinner with the guy? I 
I, I don't know why he's so odd. Like, why, why is someone like that want to be an actor? I don't know. It's like almost to the point where he wanted to over, like do a Daniel Day Lewis, yeah. but way worse. I do like him uh, laughing at what show are they watching? The Spaceman episode. The uh, Honeymooner episode where yeah. um, Archie Bunker or whatever. No, no, no. no, no, no it was Jackie Bunker. Gleason. Jackie Gleason. Yeah. They're watching Jackie Gleason and the laugh he does. Yeah. <laughs> It's really, it's, he's good, but he's just so weird. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of the prosthetics in this movie. They're bad. It's like the old age makeup. Like they didn't really do Leah Thompson any justice. No. It's like, they just look like they stuck a bunch of gum to their face and then like it's painted bad. a makeup color. Yeah. Which I mean, and they basically made new Biff. Like oh. he was stuck in 1975. Yeah. Bad. Thomas F. Wilson. Let's give the guy his due. That fucking guy is amazing. Oh, and he Dan. improvised most of that stuff. Yeah, he's so good. Really good. He's a stand up comedian. And still does still tours I think. yeah he's great does comedy why do george lorraine ask marty if they'll ever see him again such a random i mean they line. don't he just says like all right i gotta get out of here and i guarantee like, it and they're like will we ever see you again it's like why did they assume he was like what did they know yeah he it, gives he, off hobo drifter vibes i guess it's just i think it's almost like maybe it's a motherly instinct like okay. she has a feeling like something because she even said something about him and then even says the name Marty. Listen, I gotta go, but uh, I wanted to tell you that it's been educational. Marty, will we ever see you again? I guarantee it. Well, Marty, I want to thank you for all your good advice. I'll never forget it. Right, George. Well, uh, good luck, you guys. Oh. One other thing, if you guys ever have kids and one of them, when he's eight years old, accidentally sets fire to the living room rug, go easy on him. Okay. Marty, such a nice name. Yeah. So the wheels are in motion. I think after that kiss, which is like, I feel like I'm kissing. There's a pause and she goes, my brother. I think she was like, maybe there was an intuition where she's like, I think this might be my kid. I don't know. It's me and Biff's kid. <laughs> maybe yeah all right what is legacy of this movie i mean there's documentaries oh jesus there's still i mean i'm looking at jim has a bunch of merch and memorabilia yep. and zemeckis has said as long as he and bob gale are alive there will be no reboots or remakes good however, thank you ever however what's the kid who plays spider-man tom holland tom holland would be marty mcfly he'd be a perfect he marty mcfly looks just like like he's a terrible american accent that's true his accent is awful yeah but he looks he, he to me he would be a fantastic marty mcfly who would be a good doc brown christopher lloyd <laughs> uh, christopher walken christian I would, bale I would prefer a hundred year old christopher lloyd yeah christian bale charlie sheen okay george, dudley moore george clooney tim robbins it has to be tim robbins right this sounds like i just said doc brown was you know maybe the best character in the movie but i don't think that he would necessarily be the most difficult to replace it's all a matter of if they did remake this how would they 
would they want somebody to play it as though he were this exact Doc Brown, or would they let somebody take liberty? Characterly with sort of I, like a Wonka or something. Who's Goldie Wilson? Let's put it out there. Who's gonna be Mayor Goldie Wilson? Uh, comeback of what's the guy King? Can, oh, Jonathan, oh, Jonathan Majors. Jonathan oh, Majors like coming. Jesus Christ! All right, John. We need you to have a squeaky clean image. We're doing Back to the Future Here, reboot. All right. Here's what's going you, on. Goldie's uh, he's you, in this car. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know if they, hey, it's your cousin, Marion Barry. They go back to DC to crack. You know if they remade this movie that they would give the Goldie Wilson arc, they'd give it a, a bigger, bigger. Oh, yeah. It would be bigger. There'd I think be, it was perfect in the original. It, though. It was yeah, like, it's it awesome. Was, no, it is. But I'm saying if they made a new version just with how everything you know, everything yeah. is they would give more black napkin yes yeah. exactly they would do a bigger like goldie uh, wilson arc mayor black napkin yeah exactly <laughs> back to the goldie there'd be a whole separate back like to the napkin mayoral race uh part of it that they would do yeah. i i'm fine don't it holds up really well don't remake it you i don't, mean don't touch it i just hope that uh, you know robert zemeckis saying that isn't some sort of invitation <laughs> to where like robert zemeckis a bob gale die and then like the next day they're like we greet we greenlit now because technically this is under the disney umbrella yeah is it i, I don't I think know so. because i don't know what with amblin and 20 skywalker I don't yeah i'm not sure give me a christopher nolan remake of back to the future part three christopher nolan yeah christopher nolan back to the future part three they meet tenant back there somewhere shit john david washington so wouldn't it be cool if they took two time travel franchises and gave you like a surprise sort of like spoiler alert but at the end of which M. Night Shyamalan movie it is and you find out that the whole super, the, the whole superhero universe was an Unbreakable? No. Oh, yeah. In Unbreakable, okay. It was a glass. But then in, um, what's the yeah, one the with... Society. Yeah, but what's the one with um, James McAvoy? Yeah, Mr. Glass. Yeah, and at the, yeah, at the end. Yeah. yeah. So, what if they did something like that with time travel where like Marty McFly's time traveling and he comes across Bill and Ted or something? That'd be cool. Or, do- or the Doctor. Did yeah, or do the Doctor. Something where there was like a cameo rundown of um, time traveler. Oh my god. Marty runs into Dr. Sam Beckett there and you brings go. Sam Beckett back. There you go. We should have mentioned that. We found it. That's time travel. Quantum Leap, baby. Alright, stick around for some plugs. Well, I guess that's everything. Hey. Thank you. In about 30 years, I hope so. Don't worry. As long as you hit that wire with a connecting hook at precisely 88 miles an hour, the instant the lightning strikes the tower, Everything will be fine. Cool Sceners, once again, thank you for listening to this episode of the show and all of the other ones in our back catalog. And you can find those on Apple, Spotify, Podbean, Podbay, and wherever you get your podcast from, because we are there. And never forget to like, comment, subscribe, rate, and follow on Facebook. Join the Pool Sceners group for exclusive content. You will get it there first. Instagram, Twitch, threads tiktok and youtube at pool scene podcast we are all over the place so you will never get one opportunity to miss us anytime anywhere and as always back to kevin final lap guy what year are you in yeah the final lap
All right. Now that we're in the new year, something we said we're going to do and we're going to make it a, a challenge for ourselves is that we want to do some pool scene podcast merchandise yes. this year. So I think what we're going to post is if someone wants to design a logo for a shirt for us, yes, something simple, something readable on a t-shirt and that can be easily printed. I think maybe we'll float you uh float you a free t-shirt, obviously. Yeah, obviously. And then uh, if you want to- no, no, we need that shirt. Fuck you. <laughs> if you want to be on the podcast, if you want 20 bucks, you just, you name it. Yeah. We should uh, maybe do a little, my original idea, I, I think maybe a hot dog and a VHS tape and like a cassette. Yeah. Just something as simple as that. Pool scene podcast. Yeah. Or even maybe pool scene podcast written on the VHS tape. Yeah. A hot dog in front of it or something. Nothing crazy. Just, no. uh, just some merch. I mean, it could be a swimming pool, whatever you want to do. You yeah. guys, you create it for us. You tell us uh, what you'd like our merch to look like and maybe we'll we'll throw it on some some t-shirts maybe a, a limited number of hoodies or something but uh more details on that coming up uh in the near future more to follow so about a week or so ago after the new year struck apparently aliens invaded miami everybody yeah. eight to ten foot tall aliens over 100 police cars responded did you see the video yeah and black military like black like black ops black hawk military helicopters yeah. were sent in response it was just a fucking fight in a mall wasn't with it? sticks or something yeah but i don't buy that i, I don't know, believe there's it. no way there was that many cops for a fight in the well, mall yeah i even don't don't buy because they said, well, that many cops showed up because they heard that a gun was pulled. Even that, but even if a gun was pulled, they have they're like they have a SWAT team. They have, yeah, they're on like the sky cam, and you see just cop cars as far as the eye can see. I but mean, for eight to ten foot tall aliens, that makes sense. Yeah. Were they there to see Messi? Yeah, probably. I hope so. You yeah. know how many bullets it takes to take down a ten foot tall alien? We covered Battlefield Earth, not many. <laughs> We figured out it was terrible. They just get their arms blown off and they just stand there. Yeah. Also went to see the Iron Claw this weekend. The story of the, the Von Eriks. Oh, the Dr. Claw movie. The Dr. Claw movie. I was very interesting. If you know the story of the Von Eriks like I did, you know you were walking into a depressing movie. Well, there there are people who go see every A24 movie. And they don't know Anything the background. distributed by A24, they go see. And just like that, there were a number of just like goth girls who were in A24 stuff. Yeah. That went and saw Iron Claw knowing nothing about it. And I'm like, that probably wrecked their week. I can't wait to see the sequel. It's going to be great. I got a Stanley Cop. Well, Goth girls don't talk like that. Trust me. That's yeah. a good point. But whatever. The Iron Claw was really good. Um, like I said, very sad. The fucking Von Erichs, man. It's like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Watch and, uh, that uh, WWE documentary. The uh, Is it the Rise and the Fall? The Rise and Fall World, World Class Championship Wrestling. Yeah. Pretty much tells the story of the Von Erichs. Big shout out to our dude friend of the show jeremy allen white who won the golden globe for the bear same with our girl ayo ayo i don't know how you pronounce her name how do you pronounce it is it itabiri or something yep, like ayo itabiri she won and the bear also won for i think it was also the best show or something like that yeah. sucks that uh ebon didn't fuck he was nominated but I he know. didn't get it I was so that episode forks yeah um which honestly works as a standalone episode where he goes to train at like the fancy yeah. restaurant the french restaurant and he's just literally like 
like polishing forks. Yeah. What an incredible episode of television. Oh yeah. It's so good. That fucking show is so good. And I so remember he good. pops up in one of the Star Wars shows. I don't remember which one it is. Yeah. I like him. So what have I been doing? I have been, I did while I was off in between Christmas and New Year's, watched a bunch of uh, movies, TV shows. Um, you know, I did a rewatch of Fargo. Uh, as we're recording tonight is the uh, season five finale. The best thing I think I probably watched was The Holdovers, which is uh, as of now streaming on Peacock. I'd recommend that to everybody. Really great movie. And what else I've been doing is trying to defeat Mike Tyson, but in my case, Mr. Dream. No. It is the hardest achievement in gaming. It now, is. we mentioned Battletoads, but it's it's Tyson because yeah. I I wanted to do this the right way. I'm like, I'm not just going to skip directly to him. So I went 13 and 0. Yeah. I won on one try. I went because I was like, if I lose, I'm starting back at the beginning. Yeah. 13 and 0 up until him. In the last probably 24 hours, I have fought him no less than 500 times. Jesus and I, I will say that reaction speed doesn't even matter to some extent because there's there's no pattern to guess. Just when you think a pattern, for the first minute and 30 seconds of the fight, he Hold throws on. uppercuts yeah. that automatically Drop knock you down. Ass. So you spend the entire second round pink because you have yeah. no hearts. Yep. So you can't dodge fast enough. Like, I think that fighting Tyson or Mr. Dream on an NES should be used as punishment for prisoners because oh. you, you get knocked down in three seconds. Yep. You maybe survive a minute before you're TKO'd. And then what do you have to do? You have to go back to the title screen, press start for the codes already still inputted. Yeah. Press start, wait for the fight introductions just to get knocked out in a minute again. It rots your brain. You start getting so frustrated and the more you fight him, the worse you get. Yeah. You got to just put it down at some point. Because mental fatigue. Now, here's the thing. If you beat Mr. Dream, yeah. you can never say you beat Tyson. You beat Mr. Dream. I don't know. You can't. It's the same. But it's not. It's not Tyson. It's Mr. Dream. Okay. Well, I'm playing it on the Switch and I will say I did look it up because in the middle of my brain rot, the input lag, whatever that is, yeah, is. is worse on the Switch. And I'm convinced you actually can't beat Mr. Dream on the Switch because yeah. I'm like, this is crazy. It's meant to do on a CRT. Yeah, this is yeah. absolutely nuts. So yeah, it's it's almost at the point where it's like uh, something I mentioned recently, the Ocarina Ganondorf fight for me. Like I'm almost over it to the point where even once I beat him, I'm not going to feel good about it. Yeah. I'm just going to be mad. Yeah. I'm just going to be mad that I defeated him, but it'd be cool to do. I'm looking forward to that day I beat Tyson. It's my number one goal and I still haven't come close. How I beat Shaq. But here's the thing. Rest in peace, Aaron Carter. I would be pissed if I beat him on the 5,000 point decision. I yeah. don't want to beat Tyson like that. You know, I, it sucks with that fight because there are people who use all kinds of weird tactics. Like yeah. the third guy in the second row, when his camera flashes, he'll throw an uppercut. I'm like, how do people even do that? I can't focus on that. There dude. are people who just watch the clock of yeah. the timer of the fight yep. and dodge at specific seconds. Yep. I'm like, how, how do you do that? One of the interesting thing too is, is like I said, the fact that I wanted to go 13 and 0. the hardest fight I had out of anyone. Soda Popinski. Yeah. I could beat bald bull. I could beat Mr. Sandman. It's Soda Popinski is so unorthodox. And, but I learned so many tips. Like when you fight Mr. Dream, if you throw specific hands, when you dodge, it takes more power. So when he throws, Ooh, when I he throws that. his right hand, if you hit him with the left hand, it takes out more than if you hit him with the right hand. And this is just specifically to Mr. Dream, not, this is, but there's, there's 
same things for other fighters too. No, it is for Tyson as well. Oh, okay. So if he throws his right to your left, you dodge and hit him with a left. It takes more power than if you hit him with a right. It makes no sense. It's weird. Yeah. I watched a video where a guy shows, but there's like, there's things all throughout that game that, that show the same way. Like tips that I'm like, how did somebody even figure out that you do this? There's certain fighters where instead of dodging, you want to block. There's certain fighters you can gain stars from like the, the second Don Flamingo, you can't go right, left. You have to go left, left, right. Oh, it's so weird. I love how people figure these strats out how? just because they're bored. Yeah. How did they figure yeah. it out? But so I don't know. I'm almost at the point where I'm, I'm over it with Mr. Dream, but hopefully I beat him. I don't know if it's possible. TJ, you got any, uh, anything you want to wrap up? Tell us about any happenings in uh, TJ land. You saw Wonka. You saw the Wonka. I saw Wonka. It was the best Wonka movie to come out last year. It was, uh, <laughs> Compared to the other fantastic. ones. Yes. It was the, it might be almost as good as a Gene Wilder Wonka. Really? I must say. I didn't like the Johnny Depp one as much. I, I did not. Like I the Johnny refused Depp to watch that. Yeah, Is there a Grandpa Joe in this fucking Wonka movie? Well, no, it's, it's, it's a pretty kid Wonka. Oh, man, fuck yeah. that. He's before, he doesn't even have a chocolate shop yet. It's he, pretty he, good. He shouldn't be a kid. It shows the American shouldn't dream. He comes kid. up. He's um, not a kid. Speaking I mean, he's of, Timothy Chalamet. Jeremy like Allen White. He yeah. looks so much more and like Gene Wilder. Like Gene Wilder than Timothy Chalamet. It would have been fucking perfect. I don't think he could sing, though. He doesn't need to sing. I think they hired Timothy Chalamet because he could sing, not yeah. because of the acting. I don't want to sing in Wonka. I, I don't think the only thing he I've liked in the original. Yeah, we only we thing didn't I've need liked it. Timothy Chalamet in is Dune. I agree. I'm not a big I love Chalamet. Timothy Chalamet. He's a, he's like the one of the few new actors who carries a movie on their name. Most people suck up to the franchise. That he needs to spell his name right. It's, he's French. Know. No, he's not. His name's Timothy with a Y. Chalamet. He's French. No, he's not. Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, yeah, whatever. There, pal. Go whatever. Trade. That's how he got right. in with Dennis Villeneuve and uh, yeah, Denis Villeneuve. They're not. So I think Dune Two is not going to do it. I think they're going to do the Dune Messiah story arc and watch the money not come in because yeah. that's we start get weird. It's, well, Dennis, uh, uh, he said he only wants to do three. Yeah, he's out after three, and then well, Warner two, Brothers will probably big. Uh, two is going to be two. He's going to wrap up the first book, but then again, if they're doing the Messiah storyline. Yeah, they're getting weird. Yeah. They so. won't call it Messiah. I know. No, they won't call it Messiah. They'll call it something else. But that uh that book, that's because there's like there's we've talked about there's this. There's a ton. There's a dozens of Dune books yeah. or something at this point. So yeah, interesting. Anything else, TJ? We love having you on. Yeah, brother. I don't see enough of you. It's so great to be with you. Yeah. Jim, anything else? I'm just glad to be back. Thank you, pool sceners, for picking this one. Back to the future. You're a battle time championship winner. And you know, there were other movies in the tournament that I will say that will eventually be covered oh, sure. anyways there's some good ones like kevin and i when we thought goodfellas was gonna win because it was really close we're like it's gonna be interesting that craft an episode around goodfellas yeah goodfellas is an amazing movie it's but great. i just could imagine like to me the whole episode is just gonna be like it's gonna be damone isn't this great <laughs> yeah isn't this great like I the mean, whole thing's like wow that's a great scene like you think i'm fucking funny yeah it's great you're funny it's great um <laughs> yeah we're gonna cover some of the other stuff jim where are we where are we at in the scheme of uh, what is a season 14? We're in the second half of season 14. The second half of season 14. Season okay. 14. We've, we've got some ideas brewing for the beginning of season 15. We've yes. got some ideas for some special content, uh, yes. some, some seasons within a season type stuff, some inception, if you will. Mm-hmm. So, uh, well, I guess uh, stick around and see how we wrap up season 14. But until then, silencia.